Hello and welcome to episode 13 of the Exposition Break podcast, your home for video game critiques, industry analysis, and entertainment. I'm Blake Foley. I'm joined by my co-host Sean Gandert, and today we are talking about La Mulana, a game I've been working on for the last six years, on and off again. How are you doing today, Sean? Doing all right. And uh, six years, I, I think that's, is that the longest for you? To be, you know, like, obviously you return to games sometimes and, you know, you'll beat it and five years later you'll be like, oh, I want to play that again. But for a game that you had not beaten and, in fact, just restarted from scratch again, I feel like this is the longest. Probably, probably. Yeah, it would have to be. I think the only game, that other game that came close would be Demon's Souls, and I don't know how long that took. I think that was The maybe... game's so much shorter than La Mulana, so that, like, <laughs> when you finally decided... Uh, I think I actually weirdly got into that before you did, and I think when I was like, "You need to, you need to get past the first level." Yeah, um, I, I had bought yeah. Demon Souls before you tried it, bounced off hard, and then you yeah. picked it up and told me that I needed to actually stick with it. Yeah, so and then I think when you actually stuck with it, yeah, that game is relatively short. It, it, it's like like twenty five, thirty hours versus uh, La Mulana, which. Um, I tend to think of, uh, there's this board game we've both played seventh continent mm-hmm. and for the time it lists like, uh, up to like 999 hours. <laughs> and I feel that's a little bit how Lamaclana is. Like if you were to play, um, with no help at all. Yeah. So I've heard tale of uh, streamers and other people that have streamed the game that it's taken 300 hours for them to complete the game with no hints, um, which is a big chunk of time. So a, a little a little background. So yeah, I first played the game. I first became aware of the game in 2012. Um, it this Giant Bomb had posted a video of it. It was right around the time Spelunky came out too. And... It was you could only buy it from a strange store. Um, <laughs> it was it was, and then eventually it came to Steam. So it a little background. La Mulana is a Metroidvania, very much model. You know, in, influenced by Indiana Jones and other pulpy um, fiction. It's heavily influenced by old MSX games, particularly Maze of Gallius, which was also a huge influence on Spelunky. Um, it's also a remake of a game that the same team had made back in 2005. It's, it's, it's just, it's a big undertaking of a game. It is not for the, you know, not for a casual approach, not to say it's, you know, they're casual and hardcore games. I hate that distinction, but to play it, the reason it took me so long to finish this game is because I wanted to dedicate the attention to it that it deserved and it took me a while to find a way to do that i i want to ask you about that um you mentioned when you first played it in in 2012 it sounded like this is like uh it sounded like you had to buy it from uh back in high school when i wanted to rent uh foreign dvds like (laughs) hong kong movies i had to go to this one weird uh this one weird store off of central here 
and they're all bootlegs. And that's, that's what made me think of uh, purchasing La Mulana in 2012. That That's kind of the way it looked and felt. And that's actually why I took the ad until 2014 to get it, because I went to the site because I was something when I saw the video, I'm like, this is a game that was made for me. Um, I mean, you know me, I'm a huge fan of Indiana Jones. I'm a huge fan of Metroidvanias and I'm a huge fan of big video game puzzles um a la your favorite series mist um (laughs) so it was a game that just you know looked like something i had to play but yeah i got you know in 2012 e-commerce was not what it is today and i got scared off by the pay portal on that site so i waited till it eventually came to steam in 2014 i the first time i heard about it i think i heard about it on like WiiWare. Yes, it did come to WiiWare. It was on WiiWare in Japan first, and I think even the original was on WiiWare at one point in Japan. That never found its way over here to my knowledge, so I'm not a full scholar on the history of it. But yeah, it was on WiiWare, and I think I actually also own it there, but you know, a lot of good that does me these days. Yeah, yeah. It's it's one of those things where it's like let's just skip over what WiiWare is because um, a lot of people will never know and don't need to. Uh, Except for there's a Castlevania game you can never get anymore, and I'm sad. Yeah, I I thought that they were doing. Uh, I can't I can't stop digressing. I <laughs> thought that they talked about doing a um, a remake thing, a compilation of the. I think it was three Konami games that were we were only the rebirth games. Yeah, the rebirth. Yeah. I I thought they talked about uh, releasing the rebirth trilogy for Switch. I mean, as like as like a single title for twenty dollars or something. Konami might have. Will they? They. I mean, I don't know if it'll actually <laughs> happen, but I I swear that I heard about that and was excited. <laughs> yeah, I I would be if you find that, send it to me. So, all right. Di- yeah, di- I I didn't totally make that up. <laughs> digression aside so yeah i started the game in 2014 it was a game um the other hurdle was i needed to get uh so i don't know if it actually came out in steam yeah i guess i would have bought it in 20 i don't know when it came out on steam i anyway i had a uh, mac at the time it was not mac enabled so i had to install a windows partition on my mac to be able to play the game which i did um and i also spent my wife was playing water polo on friday nights at the time so that was my la mulana time where i would sit down and just focus only on that um eventually life happens as it does and i was no longer able to focus on it the way i wanted to and i just fell off of it but that was after putting in a lot of hours um probably 30 hours on steam Mm -hmm. um and then collectively over the years, I kind of kept ducking in, trying to make progress, ducking out, dunking in, trying to make progress, ducking out, restarting many times throughout that process, just because as you're learning about how that world works, it's easy to forget the essentials and really get yourself stuck if you don't know where you were. Yeah, I remember uh, I came over to your house one time and you're like, hey, I want to show you La Mulana. And uh, you got pretty immediately stuck simply by not remembering uh, a move like when i left you texted me or like oh yeah i just had to do x <laughs> but we but we we spent 10 minutes in like a very beginning area as you were just like i know i've been past here 
thousand times. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it can be that way. So like now that I've finished the game um, just this past week, I feel like I can hop into most parts of it and at least knock on something for a few minutes and get it. There's a few puzzles that it turns out I stumbled through without really knowing it, but we'll get to that. But yeah, long story short, I've probably put in the process of completing it over six years, I've put about 90 hours into La Mulana, 75 on my Steam clock if you look there, and that includes, you know, idling and stuff a little bit, but not much, and then 15 hours on my Switch. So, hmm. a fair amount of time. So, one of the things that I find interesting about it is, you know, you mentioned that it's a Metroidvania. I kind, like, it, it definitely has that. But I almost don't want to say it's in that genre. It's because, like at, at least, and, and I mean maybe it's closer to something like Axiom Verge, but like there's no Metroid or Castlevania game that would have puzzles of this difficulty. <laughs> no, there are not, and you know those series traditionally don't have that much of puzzles, and that's kind of where my real love for this game comes in so like two of my favorite games of all time are a link to the past and super metroid and where the puzzle stuff comes in and granted this is way beyond anything zelda does but <laughs> it starts yeah. to also feel like a side-scrolling metroidvania zelda game hmm. that makes um, sense. and what i'd say and what i've told people is like la mulana for me is the when i was playing a link to the past when i was a little kid it seemed like anything could happen in that game and like the first time you realize a dark world action can affect something in the light world you know that that was mind-blowing to me and the la mulana to me is the continuation of the possibilities like that it seemed a link to the past could have at that time as a kid if that makes sense and some of my favorite parts of a link to the past were the parts that were not strictly necessary for beating the game mm -hmm. there were items in there that were just for screwing around <laughs> uh, whether it was like the bomb medallion which is just like blow people up yeah. but there was also um there was the cape for uh, invisibility, and then there's the good bee. And I screwed around with those items, and like I beat uh, like the Mothra Dark World boss by uh, putting on the cape so it couldn't hurt me, and then and then uh, letting out the good bee and having the good bee <laughs> kill the boss. Okay. And it, it was one of those weird things of like me. I was just literally I was frustrated playing it a few times, which. Honestly, it's one of the easiest bosses, but at the time, I just couldn't beat it. And uh, I, I was like, all right, I'm just going to try some weird things. And that worked. Mm -hmm. and, and yeah, and, yeah it, was, it, it was fun to have the tools and to feel like the world permitted that. Yeah, and this game definitely has some of that. And it's, you know, there's a ton of items. Many of them aren't necessary for completing the game. A lot of them are quality of life changes that make the game, you know, slightly easier. But the approaches that you can have to a lot of boss fights are pretty, you know, interesting to me. And like the game isn't afraid, and I appreciate this about it, to let something be overpowered if you discover it. So. Mm. 
one additional layer that this game has that it doesn't really explain at all. So first, a little background. Um, you have a laptop throughout this game. You're a little guy, your Indiana Jones stand in. And you use software for various things throughout the game. You get a translation software that you use to read tablets. You get map software that you'll use to map the ruins. You get extra map software that allows for more detailed mapping. And all this takes up RAM in your computer, which has a limited amount of RAM. So you can only have so many programs enabled at once. Throughout the game, you'll also find um, flash games that were old games that the development company had made before making La Mulana. And on the at first glance, they don't seem to do anything, but eventually discover that combinations of them actually affect different things in the game, like your damage output of various weapons, like the probability of a certain type of um, fairy showing up on fairy spawn points. There's lots of weird little effects that you can get. There's one combination. Do you, uh, do you have to just like have them loaded into your computer or do you need to have like beaten the little flash games i uh, just loaded into your computer unfortunately the games themselves are not in la mulana which would have been cool oh, yeah bad. it is too bad but you do need to load them in and it doesn't tell you it'll tell you when you've activated a combination but it won't mm. tell you what that combination does and yeah that, there's a there's a lot of um I think when you mentioned the that the game is willing to let things be overpowered, one of my least favorite things in games, uh, particularly because it's not an RPG, but this game has RPG mechanics. Mm-hmm. Um, when things are like auto level, so that things still feel the same at the beginning and at the end. Whereas mm-hmm. when you had, uh, I watched you play towards the end, and you had the full inventory screen, <laughs> and your character is a badass you it's cool that they feel like a badass yeah like things that were troublesome to begin with are you know do become pushovers and as you get those software combinations it actually increases your damage output to a point that a lot of bosses if you can execute aren't that hard anymore and that's kind of a funny thing throughout the game like the bosses are kind of hard they're not terribly hard there's a weird design decision in the game that you wouldn't expect and it took me a long time to recognize in that enemies for the most part and even bosses most boss attacks don't actually do that much damage to you the real threat more often than not is the knockback and the traps of the uh ruins as opposed to just strictly what the enemies can do to you and that kind of makes you play differently once you realize it but it's an interesting switch mm. it, you, better to be hit by the boss than knocked by the boss into the spikes so yeah. figure out how to get hit by him in a way that doesn't knock you into the spikes exactly and there was even one boss and this is i'm sure not a traditional tactic that was intended by the developers and i got a hint from someone that was on my twitch stream while i was playing it was to intentionally take damage from one thing so that i wouldn't take damage from an actual like super powerful trap attack thing and that was interesting and dumb and silly but at any rate digressing also (laughs) no there's that thing you know you mentioned there's some there's a little bit of shared dna with spelunky Mm -hmm. but in both cases i feel like the developers are 
they do have that kind of indie developer know that that bug that is a feature you know bungie would have patched it out in a second and in fact they always do but instead you have both not just like the community embracing it but you have the developer ultimately embracing it Mm -hmm. that's cool yeah, it is cool. And like, I've recently been watching some speedruns. Now that I've beat it, I don't have to worry about spoilers and I'm learning <laughs> tons of crazy things about the game. Um, so the last like kind of game, like gameplay wise, the game is fairly simple. You have, you know, you can whip, you can jump. The jump mechanic is different from anything you've ever encountered in a game but once you understand it it works it's very deliberate i'd say it works the way it does for a reason you can't jump onto a ladder you have to climb up the ladder from the base and that actually factors into certain puzzles and stuff like that is Um, there there ever a way to upgrade that i find mm, that slightly annoying (laughs) no there isn't um the sequel does let you jump onto ladders it's it's mildly it once you learn it it's not a big deal it's Mm. Because no ladder is like super long, but it's a huge pain in the butt. It's very much designed that way so that certain things you can't, you also can't jump off of a ladder. So (laughs) that also um, influences design quite a bit. The other thing is like, so the game has a unique healing mechanic that is um, unlike anything else, and the developer is taking criticism for it, but I, it's, it is again very deliberate. So there's, for all intents and, pers- intents and purposes, there's only one spot to reliably heal in the game, and that is in the starting town at the hot spring. So anytime you need to heal up, you need to return to town, and there's fast travel, so it's not a big deal, but you go to town and you heal up there. The other way that you can heal is you gather what they call experience as you kill enemies, and it fills a secondary meter when that secondary meter fills then you get a full health bar again so those are the only two ways to return your health and what that does is kind of give a bit of a run mentality to it that Mm. is interesting like you kind of you set your home base which is one of your save spots and you go out as far as you can while you're burning away health and when you get to the end you either need to you know make the risk of pressing on or return back to you know your starting point to heal up and it ends up being a little you know dark soulsy in its own way and I, i i end up liking that mechanic about it that makes sense and it's kind of cool again i I, th- I think, you know, partially the aesthetics, but I think about Spelunky, how much, you know, eventually you can play through the game, but like when you're learning it, you need to get to those shortcuts and mm-hmm. you do a shortcut run and you just do it from there over and over again until you get good enough. And as I said, like Dark Souls, there's something appealing, you know, in a Dark Souls sort of similar way where uh, ultimately the there are experience points, but the real experience points is just you. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know, it's, it's even though souls have become it, like a triple A mainstream, it always feels um, a different type of, it's a different type of game aesthetic that feels um, anti a lot of, uh, a lot of what normal things are. The, the way the, 
any game that will allow you to infinitely hit your head against the wall and not make progress unless you actually become better. <laughs> mm-hmm. That feels it, it's a different aesthetic. Yeah, definitely. They're not afraid of rough edges. They're not afraid of frustrating the player. Um, mm. And like frustration is an interesting thing in video games. It's a I'm trying to remember. Oh, it was a interview with the um the guy in charge of uh, Doom Eternal's development, which mm. that that didn't go as well as everybody had hoped. It was still a good game, but he was talking about um, focus testing um, his game and about how focus testing on projects he's been on can go, and how you know some developers, you know, they give a basically a button to the focus to the the tester. And anytime they're frustrated, they're supposed to hit that button. And then, you know, developers mm. will then go, okay, well, we need to sand off that edge. Mm. Whereas, and sometimes that's the wrong choice. Exactly. And that's kind of the thing is like what they did with Doom Eternal. And I think they could have done better, but that doesn't change the fact that I do like this thought process about it is when someone hit that button, they said, okay, you're frustrated. Do you know what you did wrong? And the person would typically say, well, yes. Or do you want to keep going? And the person would say, yes. They made sure that those follow-up questions were mm. the important questions rather than just going, oh, you were frustrated? Let's fix that. Yeah. And games like Dark Souls, games like La Mulana embrace that frustration. And inevitably, some people are going to bounce off of any of those games. Um, lots of people have bounced off La Mulana over the years. I'm pretty, you know, I... I've I've kind of bounced off it in my own way, but wanting to go back. No, it's frictionless gaming. Um, I guess especially is that like sometimes you want that, mm -hmm. but when that's like your entire diet is kind of the frictionless. There's no frustration gaming. It gets very dull, and like one of my thought processes usually ends up being, "Why aren't I just like watching a movie?" Yeah, I mean, it's interesting talking about that coming off the heels of Inside. Yeah, that's what I was thinking about. It it had some friction, but not intended for. Or, yeah, it it had, it, it, it had friction. friction, but not in a. Uh, there was no learning really. Mm -hmm. There was no improvement. There was no room for improvement because there's always only one way to do it. Yeah, uh, which something as open as La Mulana or Dark Souls, like those are such a different experience. Mm -hmm. And like this game, like I said, has DNA from Zelda. It has DNA from Metroid. It also has some DNA from old Castlevania games, particularly Simon's Quest, which one you like and no one else does. Yeah, the one I like and no one I say, so, you know, the infamous equip the crystal and kneel by the random wall so that a tornado comes and picks you up game the also that has a terrible translation about a duck that i can't remember off the top of my head <laughs> um and in hindsight i don't know enough to know particularly about this but maybe simon's quest was heavily influenced by maze of gallius which was an msx game um that is very much a obtuse kind of puzzle thing and i think that's the thing i want to get into next is you know we've talked about a lot what this game is like you know with its you know it's it's verbs off the top of your head are all pretty familiar whip jump climb you know all that kind of stuff but what sets this game apart and what causes most people to bounce off probably are the 
huge gigantic gigantic puzzles that this game tends to have um throughout the game you're constantly scanning tablets that have obtuse hints about things you're going to come across things you have come across things in the room that you're in and some of the puzzles and you've witnessed a few of these yourself are you know extremely hard to understand but yes. the thing about them is in almost every case they are there is a hint somewhere and yeah. it's on you and this this if someone doesn't like this i fully understand it but it is on you the player to remember something or have written down something that you saw 15 hours ago um it's 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 very frustrating in the moment sometimes when you can't solve something but it's also really cool when you see a tablet that you saw in the first area of the game that has a hint that you suddenly go oh that makes sense now and it's mm -hmm. it's super it's a great feeling so it's like the bosses in dark souls where the reward can be you know hey i did it i got past the thing the reward for solving some of these bigger puzzles is it, very rewarding yeah i mean those puzzles seem the only thing that i thought of that seems very analogous to that was fez Mm -hmm. Are there other things that seem like a little bit? I you mentioned mist, but I don't. I, I, I maybe my dislike for mist. I I kind of find these puzzles more interesting. No, I I mean I definitely do too. Well, the reason I bring up mist is mist is has kind of the larger reach of okay, there's a clue over here. I'm gonna take that and I'm gonna go back here and apply it kind of thing. Whereas in many other games, your your puzzles are usually fairly self-contained. Um, well, yeah, you have the Zelda. The each room is a puzzle format that yeah. they made from the beginning, and Mist. Uh, that being said, like Mist, oh, you took this thing from over here. There's only nine screens, and three <laughs> of them are three of them are like a bridge. You just walk across every now and then. So, um, whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, so and then of course, like. It is, again, like some of the puzzles are actually taken directly out of Maze of Gallius, which I think is mm. funny. Um, I didn't realize that until I was watching some YouTube videos to do some research. Um, like there is one sword or one sword, one puzzle that involves, you know, swinging your weapon to the left three times, swinging your weapon to the right three times and jumping. And that puzzle is basically exactly in Maze of Gallius, um, which is interesting um that's that's pretty neat the other another thing that strikes me about the puzzles when i've watched you play and uh collecting i don't know collecting isn't exactly the right word but reading all these different tablets i find the writing in the game uh so much better than most games and particularly <laughs> um it's very sure of itself and mm -hmm. it's uh I don't know. It, it it has a particular tone that it, everything I've seen it kind of goes captures that all the way through. It's not too twee. It doesn't think it's cute. It's just trying to like screw around. 
mm-hmm. and I am amazed by the. Uh, I think more so than the. Um, like from watching you play, the thing that always makes me be like, okay, one day I need to spend time on this is, um, is the writing and even like the clue writing has me laugh. <laughs> and, it, and it's very deadpan. It's not like trying to, uh, it's not like Charles Barkley shut up and jam where it's like, see, look, there's a joke. Uh, it's very much like, no, this is just our world is crazy. This is mm-hmm. how it works. Yep. Yeah, it's extremely consistent throughout, and it does have a fun sense of humor. I mean, Zelpud is a comedic character. We'll get to Zelpud. He's the best character. (laughs) Zelpud's good. Zelpud's good. But yeah, it has consistent writing, and so much of it... One thing that continuously impresses me, and I don't know the details of the translation of the game... But yeah, I'm, I'm I'm way interested in that. The, the it's remarkable that the hints translate as well as they do because it would have been so easy to have an issue like Simon's Quest where just the details of what's happening get lost in translation. And in this case, it's almost always pretty spot on. In the cases that it's not, you can you can even kind of just chalk it up to. Well, yeah, the clue was intentionally vague, you know, like Mm. they said spike and it was spikes, you know, there's just kind of little things like that. But for the most part, the translation is really rock solid. I think what amazes me about that is there is a lot of text in that game. There is a ton. I I, I feel like, you know, I. If someone was to watch you play five minutes of gameplay, ten minutes of gameplay, they'd probably be like, oh, it's like a very much Spelunky, but set in, uh, um, but, you know, like, it isn't randomized, when in fact, a ton of time is just spent reading those things, organizing those things, reading them again, finding a tablet again, reading it again. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. The game gives you as part of your laptop a piece of software you can get is lets you save ten tablets worth of text. Um, you get an expansion to that that lets you save another ten, so you can save ten of them. But really, that's not enough. Um, eventually, I did start. Yeah, eventually, I did start keeping a notebook. Um, and when I finally start the sequel, I will keep a notebook from the start because it will save me some time. Thankfully, while I was streaming, I had some viewers that basically acted as my notebook, which was very helpful. Um, but it's the the design of the puzzles and yeah, the hints and all that stuff also kind of gives me and it's interesting that, you know, this is an homage to an MSX game. It also reminds me a lot of what Kojima was doing with Metal Gear 2. Mm. Because he had a lot of weird puzzles in that game, if you recall. Oh, yeah. Um, and for people who haven't played Metal Gear 2, some of those carried over to Metal Gear Solid 2. But the Metal Gear Solid, or sorry, Metal Gear Solid 1. But, <laughs> uh, but that there it was wrapped around a lot more story and is a little bit more um, condensed in Metal Gear 2. Be good solid like 45 minutes or at least for me if you're not that good at puzzles uh where you're just trying to figure stuff out um i got pretty obsessed with some of the inventory puzzles just because i'd never seen anything quite like that Mm -hmm. 
yeah and like that that's kind of where i find the approach to puzzles in la mulana the most interesting is where it's willing to play with its own rules and also play with your expectations from other games and certain things like metal gear 2 has the you know puzzle where you, you early on in metal gear 2 you're you realize you're gathering different types of rations and it seems like a totally arbitrary thing but eventually you discover that the type of ration you have the contents of the ration is important to solving a puzzle because oh this ration has cheese in it and i need it to do a thing and that is unlike anything that you'd really see in video games at that point. What La Mulana also does is similar things to that, where it just plays with the ideas of your inventory. It plays with the idea of what a pause screen is. Um, I mean, that's super, that is super Kojima to the point where all the way through like PT, you have yeah. screwing with uh, the ultimate puzzle there. The, one of the things you need to find is in the pause screen. Yep. Uh, and I I find that I don't know. Uh, there there in a way where if I think of like an a lot of games, uh, I always use Ubisoft as my like punching bag. I probably should, <laughs> but like you collect a lot of things but don't pay very much attention to them. Mm-hmm. Like their ultimate meaning is that they are uh, they're just a thing you grab and. It's very different. A lot of the games that I really enjoy, um, yeah. I, one day we'll probably talk more. Though this, my favorite game of all time at this point is Bloodborne. And in order to have any clue what's going on, you have to read all of these inventory things and, and kind of put them together and figure out how that makes any sense. And it seems like. Um, Rather than doing that to make sense of the world here, you just can't beat the game unless you do that. Like, mm-hmm. if you're not spending the time to read all of those little things and think, huh, uh, I can't imagine beating La Milana as much as I kind of can't imagine beating it, period. <laughs> well, it's that's the other thing about this. So um, the, the thing about the game, so the A, we talked about collectibles. Um, the game has a lot of collectibles but the main collectible is knowledge it's the things you learn along the way and how you apply those to various situations and as you start to kind of develop that knowledge you can start reading the world better and applying things and as you start to learn the lore even you start to understand the puzzles better it's it's an interesting path but the thing that i'd say is that it should not be played in a vacuum. Um, I think you'd be. I think playing La Mulana alone with no hints would be a a a miserable experience, um, a frustrating experience. But also, B, I think you'd be missing out on the kind of community aspect of it whether you're i had the privilege of streaming it with some people enthusiasts that were very good at giving me hints but it reminds me of a time of you know as a kid exchanging ideas and hints on the playground going you know talking with your friend who said hey did you know if you put a bomb here there's actually a door there in zelda and you go really and you run home and you try that 
Your, your friends are better than mine. Mine were all just like, did you know that there's a fatality where you can make Superman knock them up, their head off? And it's like, no, you no. just made that up. No, my uncle at Nintendo. Sorry, I'm letting the <laughs> that cat was out my friends. <laughs> okay, well, you know, we exchanged some hints here and there. There was a few that were bogus, but we did we did have some good talks about that. Shen Long. Yep. Um, but it it's a fun process to kind of uncover that stuff with friends, and I think that is the best way to play it. If you played it, I would recommend you know checking in with me regularly or even streaming it or playing it you know over at my place you know something i, I like have that. to admit you've i mean you've kind of talked me into buying it because uh <laughs> and partially i feel like the switch is kind of the system for me to do that on it kind of makes sense there um it's a good version i don't have i don't have a pc but also um I find that to be a quicker uh, thing, and we can get to this after after we're done talking about the game. But yeah, I think that better fits with my life, and I like that it has a good switch port. It and does. I, I know that just makes me like everyone else on the internet, but that is good. <laughs> it is good. No, I mean I own that one. It's that was the kind of thing I said. I put fifteen hours in on Switch, and that was just me kind of like poking at puzzles I was stuck on in the other game, you know, at times. And um, it's, I find the fact that it kind of leads to an interesting conversation that is kind of bigger than La Mulana about, you know, should games be fully self-contained and, you know, straightforward? Is it a flaw with La Mulana that it can't, I mean, it can be, but that you should, you know, reach externally for help. Is that a problem with it? And I don't think it is, but I think it, that we'd be unhappy about it if that was like, a super homogenous thing and all these games were doing it but i uh, i find it fun that some games have that element and others don't and you can dive into those in the way you got into part of fez that where i was like i would never touch that mm -hmm. um things going into the code of the game and uh, <laughs> it's just like no but you don't have to play that one and I feel like part of what sets La Mulana apart is that willingness to make the game they wanted to make mm -hmm. and to burn off 90% of the people who buy it and not care. Yeah, and that's kind of it. It, it. I was about to say it respects the player, but it's also not afraid to be a dick and give you the middle finger also um <laughs> it will troll you no doubt but it, it respects your ability to be patient to decide how to play it at your own pace and to seek things when you need to and it assumes it doesn't assume you're intelligent but it assumes that there are people that you know are intelligent I I remember a comment I got from my um the editor of my first book and it was a it was a thing where it's like, how much reader irritation are you really trying to create at this point? And <laughs> you like it sounds it sounds negative, but the, mm -hmm. uh, the legitimate thing was that that section was supposed to be hard, mm -hmm. and that that may sound weird for a book. It, it's just you know different things with writing, but 
I was not trying to make every part of that be traditionally fun. You're supposed to read some traditionally fun parts and then read some parts that are very, very um, hopefully rewarding if you put in the the work. Mm -hmm. And I also don't think that that book is for everyone. But for those people who are willing to put in that work, I think that there is a, a sort of extra reward. And being part of that community, like, you you can ignore La Mulana and do other things. So I always feel like that should games do this, it's like, go play something else. The yeah. community is having a blast. Exactly. And that's just it. And even in the few days after I've beaten it, I've had a blast engaging with the community now. I feel like I'm part of a cool little club, and that's kind of cool in its own way. And it's by no means a get good club. You know, it's just mostly like, hey, we've, you know, we've all experienced this thing and let's talk about it. Everyone spent at least 50 hours of their lives thinking about this. And there's, <laughs> and there's more than 50 hours of things to think about, you know. Mm yeah it's and it's a cool thing you know again i said i had some people helping me along the way they were very good at giving me vague hints or at least even telling me like one of the best things they were good at doing was telling me when i was wasting my time because mm. that, that, that seems can, actually super valuable that was super valuable where they're just like no you're barking up the wrong tree man don't don't even <laughs> you know like oh, okay cool and i'd move on but that is especially with puzzle based things that is always one of the hardest things and sometimes i am barking up the right tree but i just execute wrong and you need someone to go no 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 you you got the right idea yeah just yeah you know do it right uh because you you did it ever so slightly wrong so you didn't get the reward yeah and admittedly there were a few moments like that playing through la mulana where uh the guy that was watching me had mentioned he's like hey no um just move over to the right yeah <laughs> exactly it's like <laughs> what it said be under the pillar you are under the right pillar it's mm -hmm. just like like six pixels off yeah and that, that I, I, yeah, there was literally a statue whose eyes I needed to quote light. So I was using a flare and I shot it at its head. And it was like, no, you actually need to do it like in front of its eyes. I'm like, oh, shit, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. It's like, OK, yeah, that's the type of those things tend to tend to get on my nerves. So it's, it is actually great to have the community go like mm -hmm. have your back with that. And yeah, I think that that for sure contributed to you actually finishing the game and uh just enjoying it as much as you did this time versus you know you bounced off it five six times before i don't think it's a coincidence that it was the time when you began streaming on twitch that you finished it no for sure not and that was kind of the like a the the reason i was able to finish this game was a yeah having that community help me and have it be a collaborative experience the other part of it was the, the indirect thing i have discovered about twitch so when i was originally playing this game i put in a lot of time and i actually made it further than i thought i had i had actually forgotten a bunch the only reason i know i made it as far as i did was looking at my achievements that i had gotten back in 2014 and went oh i actually got the double jump i don't remember that at all <laughs> there was a major puzzle that i solved that i did not remember at all that i got <laughs> super stuck on on this this recent playthrough um 
but the thing that was then you know is like i had set aside that time that la mulana was a game at that time that i wanted to sit and cherish and just enjoy and savor and as i the other time and eventually just you know that i lost that friday night schedule so it wasn't a thing i could block off two hours to do once a week and that just made it harder for me to get back into and what streaming did after many have failed attempts to get started on it was make it a thing that i was the only thing i was doing at that time was sitting down and playing that video game i was not worrying about pausing the game to also make dinner i was not worrying about this i was not worrying about that when i was streaming and when you are streaming that's the thing you're focused on and it made playing the game an actual appointment event for me as opposed to just something i'm fitting in between chores and life yeah i i mean i think that to actually get the enjoyment out of it some things require that mm -hmm. and that doesn't mean that every movie needs to be a tarkovsky thing you know sometimes you want to watch fast and furious not every game needs to be la mulana mm -hmm. but it but i do think that you will 20 years from now remember this game in a way where uh you will not have remembered plenty of other things you kind of you beat and whatever and you didn't go into with that level of concentration yeah yep and it's a game i will replay i guarantee it and it won't be the same but it, it's i'll keep in five years you, you'll you'll be you'll it'll be a totally different set of puzzles you forgot <laughs> yeah i'll be what, what did i do here where was the i actually did I, replay the first area last week on the switch and mm. the like first main puzzle to make the first main boss appear I couldn't for the life of me find the hint about it i'm like i know how this is supposed to be done but i don't know the details of it and where did i get the details and it took me 15 minutes to find the damn spot <laughs> so you know it's I'll, I'll come across my own challenges for sure so i had i had a few things i wanted to to uh bring up before we before we move off of the game because i think we covered a lot of it uh, but, you know, when my, when my wife asked what we were going to record about, I, I told her La Mulana and she was like, what is that? And I was like, it's, it's Blake's favorite game. And she's like, what do you mean favorite? It's like, I'm pretty sure it's his favorite game ever. <laughs> um, I don't know. Was I right? I, I think you might be. It's at the very least top five for me. I've been thinking about that for a long time and I think I do at this moment like it more than A Link to the Past and Super mm. Metroid. And the question is, will it stay there? And I think it has a good chance to stay there. It might very well be my favorite game of all time because it does. Again, you know, I remember being a kid playing A Link to the Past and how, you know, big that world seemed and how impressive it was and it just gives me gave me all those feelings all over again playing it so i think that's a fair thing to say yeah i i mean for a long time i've been telling you i'm enjoying watching you playing it and talking about it but i'm not going to play it but i think after so much time and and hearing so much i i am like okay i do have to do it I, I, it just i don't know that it is exactly for me 
but I do, it does seem like even regardless of finishing it, like I will get something out of it. I think you'd get something out of it for sure. And I think, yeah, the key is there's a great guide on Steam that is a hint based guide. Everything's redacted until you hover over it with a mouse, and it is step by step, increasingly more obvious hints to each puzzle. <laughs> And no, that, no, jump to the right, you <laughs> idiot. <laughs> Some of them are a little bit like, you really? You, you don't know how to do this at this point? <laughs> but, you know... It, it is a good guide. And I was skimming through some of that after I beat it. and was like, okay, this is actually super cool and super useful. So I do recommend that. I recommend, you know, asking me for help yeah. when you're stuck. And it's just, yeah, don't bang yourself against something too long, you know, until you yeah, need help so, with it. So then uh, I had a few more things about this. So considering how much you loved about it and, and such, where did you feel that there is room for improvement on this? Um, there's some quality of life things that I think modern games could do that it could influence it. And they didn't even put these into two. Um, mm. And it's things like I want the game to have, and it has a little bit of this with its ability to save entries to the laptop and those sorts of things but i what the game could really use i think in it some of this comes from like resident evil um two remake some of this comes from uh, hollow knight which is another metroidvania and one thing i love about hollow knight is you can get uh tokens that you can actually place on your map to remind you of things and i think that kind of thing would be useful is, I, I i do love the ability to mark the in-game map yeah and yeah. like the way hollow knight does it i think is super interesting in that they are a consumable item or not consumable but there's a limited number of them that you can get you actually buy packs of them from npcs so you can get five of the red one and you know five of the gray one with stripes and you kind of come up with your own code using those and i like that approach to it that is cool yeah, yeah so so it's not just i can scribble every note ever but i would like it if I like the act of keeping a notebook, but my own hang up with keeping a notebook is the same thing that kept me from taking good notes in high school, which is, <laughs> it, it's a funny thing. Cause like I actually, I have learning differences that are related to my handwriting and all that kind of stuff. And when my notes don't look neat, I get upset <laughs> and oh, yeah, I, I want to read someone else's awesome looking notes, mm -hmm. uh, much more than mine. For yeah, sure. and that's kind of it. No, so like, that's the same thing. So like most of my notes at this point are like my notebook really started to come together when I bought a new notebook late in the process of playing the games and knew how I wanted to structure my grail diary of sorts because I knew I wouldn't have straggling hints in random places that I couldn't find. <laughs> so it's... The, the the note taking process is very it's cool but i'd love to see more of it reflected in the game if possible and then so you know there there is la mulana too mm -hmm. uh, it took them a long time to make it after the crowdsourcing in 2020 do you feel like there's market space for la mulana 3 or was this kind of an anomaly to 
exist. I know that indie games always come off with one-offs, but it also feels like the. I feel like the uh, audience still loves La Mulana more than two, and that they <laughs> caught caught some magic in a bottle. That's my impression. Um, I've played a little bit of two, like when I first got, because I kickstarted two. Full disclosure on that. Um, and I started it right when I got my copy because, you know, I have terrible self-control on those things. But <laughs> it's uh, it seems to capture a lot of the spirit. It is a little more twee, mm. which is, I think... Well, the tone doesn't walk that perfect edge that uh, La Mulana 1 did, where it's like... It manages to not be twee somehow. Yeah, somehow. And like Zelput himself, I think in a way that works, leans like fully into being twee to the point that mm. he's like more obnoxious. And I think that kind of like one of the first, actually the first interaction you have with him, he asks you if you want to repeat that. And if you say no, he responds capital O-R-L-Y. Oh really? Oh. You know, and it's kind maybe of maybe they maybe they just hired like bad internet people for translating, whereas the first one happened to have. Uh... You know, I'm very interested. One of the things I'm gonna buy soon is uh, Moon, which I know Tim Rogers translated. Uh, I've seen some people post some review copy uh, screen grabs, and the translation there has been cracking me up. Uh, hmm. just just from uh from weird things that you can do if you're willing to take the time and you aren't an idiot on the internet. Um, <laughs> so I I don't know. I, I it's I think the at least with Zelpud it's intentional and I yeah, think it yeah. works okay. Um, I'm curious how that game continues. I could see it getting more serious as you mm. get deeper as you in. Play it. Yeah. yeah we'll see how the tone is later like we'll have to see yeah and it's i'm gonna take a little break before i jump into two yeah, yeah. um but not a big one because i am very anxious to actually jump into two um this is to get to your I, question really yeah. quick though about if there's room for like a three i think there is without playing two but from what i know from the community is you know it's people don't love it as much as one but how could they you know mm -hmm. one it was such yeah. a discovery such an unexpected thing two is in its own way kind of a known quantity that said mm. you know could they make a three i think they absolutely could and i think they could do some cool stuff with it but what i'd want out of it and it'd be super risky but as a perspective change whether it was okay three is going to mm -hmm. be a top-down game or what if they went polygonal? I don't know. You know, like it's. Yeah, I guess. I guess what I meant is: is there a market share? Sort of. Is there? I felt if it seemed like La Mulana two barely made it. Yeah. And like, is there? Do you feel like there would actually be the desire and the the willingness to support that? Especially, it's sad, but like. Man, polygonal indie games tend to not get as much support for some reason. Yeah, no, and that's true. Um, yeah, I don't know if the support would be there. It's hard to say. I think it also depends on how the Hidden Treasures edition that just came out on Switch and PlayStation mm. and all that stuff does. Um, yeah, I, that's, that's fair. 
you know, because like that is kind of their mainstream push of this thing. There's physical copies of La Mulana out there now, and I'm curious how it has done. Um, yeah. I, I honestly don't know because as the community exists now and the little bit of ex- interacted with them, I'm seeing on Twitch the same people in every stream. Um, yeah, so, yeah, you, know, you know, there's usually at tops two streams on Twitch going on at once at maximum, <laughs> um, but it's not uncommon to hop on and there's zero. And it's also not like the world's most Twitch friendly game. No, you know, it's, you know it's, and it's, it's, you're not playing Fall Guys the day it came out. You're playing La Mulana many years later. Mm-hmm. Many years later, but the community does get a kick out of watching people uh, stumble their way through it. Um, when I went into a stream right after beating it, uh, I went into a La Mulana stream and I was talking with the streamer and they're like how you doing i'm like great i actually just beat this for the first time and they're like oh great now you get to watch other people <laughs> and i was like yes mm-hmm. and he's like that, that's the secret best thing about la mulana is being able to you know yeah enjoy watching other people and it's not like a sadistic thing it's not like you know it's interesting one of the guys that watches me when i said i asked him one time like how do you stick around and watch me stumble through this and just bang my head against puzzles for so long and he said yeah, it, I enjoy it as long as you're not frustrated and mad. And I thought that was kind of interesting um, to <laughs> watch the process. It was it was just an interesting yeah, thing. I was yeah, like, okay, response. yeah. And yeah, I think that's the kind of fun thing is like it is that kind of exploration. Um, but yeah, as far as if if a three could survive, uh, that's that's tough. Maybe not from these guys, but I think games could learn a lot take a lot from it i would love a three just because you know same reason i loved to have dark souls three even if it wasn't as good as dark souls one it's still more of what i love kind of going the other direction for that has this given you interest in going back to uh maze of gallius and some of the other old msx stuff because i mean msx uh is at least for me, I've played exactly two MSX games, Metal Gear and Metal Gear 2. And I don't I, think that that's that uncommon. Yeah, probably not. I've thought about checking it out. Um, at some point when I get my Raspberry Pi up and running again, I'll probably mm. load some MSX stuff on it. I'll mess cool. with it. I don't see myself playing Maze of Gallius to completion, but I have played Simon's Quest to completion without a guide. So maybe. Who knows? Mm, gotcha. And then I, I have my final question what the heck does la mulana mean (laughs) la mulana okay so you talking literal translation or what is la mulana i don't care (laughs) so la mulana is there's a couple ways you can look at it and i actually did a little bit of googling like there's no direct translation in spanish or anything like that but it is close to a term that exists kind of in various languages and it's all related to the theme of the game um, which is birth and mother and all those kinds of things um i think it is yeah anyway i'm trying to remember exactly what i read and i'm failing to but the lore of the game itself is that these ruins are the home to the mother and this is not a spoiler the mother who started all life on earth or all sentient life at the very least on earth and gave birth to 
eight, eight, eight races of people over the years that were all in her creation to return her to heaven. And each one was kind of a failed attempt. Um, you, us humans, are the eighth generation of children. And I can go further into that. No, no, pl pl please don't. Please yeah, don't. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not going to, because part of that is then, yeah, kind of the discovery of the nature of everything and late game spoilers and stuff. But the lore is, you know, very, very much steeped in those generations, and each location tells the story of one of those generations of children. Yeah. So, yeah. I think uh, there was one translation of like Mulana being like cradle or something along those lines. In well, those were all Hindi. real answers. I was expecting a joke, but ah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. The important sorry. thing is we're getting that information we're out. Getting that information. La Mulana is Spanish for the Mulana. All right, there we go. For those of you uh, that do not habla Mulanese, I think I think that. That's about, you know, after I play it, I'm sure I'll want to talk to you more, but I think that's about what I wanted to hear now. Uh, I know that you are going to be starting the Sinking City. You just bought it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think my next game I'm going to stream um, is going to be the Sinking City. I actually don't know how long it is, so depending on how long it is, we'll see how much I actually end up streaming um because eventually my desire to play la mulana 2 might overtake it i'm gonna try not to <laughs> and then the uh other game i'm playing offline because i kind of want to proceed through it at my own pace and not part of what happened was it was great streaming la mulana but it also meant that if i was going to do anything in la mulana i felt like i had to stream it so a similar but also very different game i'm going to be that i am playing is outer wilds which has its own crazy expansive puzzles and mysteries to solve and i'm going to be playing that offline mm. and i i you know you have in the also playing on and i have not been playing very much and in fact next week i i've been i started a new job and next as of next week i'll be working two jobs and trying to do other things <laughs> anyhow it's kind of chaos um so I've a played Grand Theft Auto 4 uh, yeah, yay. <laughs> exactly exactly once since the last time we recorded. Okay. So I, I don't know if that counts as also playing. I think uh the thing I've been playing more, especially in terms of time, has been um uh Starfinder. Oh, which okay. is uh the kind of sci-fi version of Pathfinder. It has some things different, but it has a lot familiar. It has just enough where you always go, I think that's how it works, and then you learn you're wrong. Oh, fun. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's there's some slightly wonky rules changes. Most of the rules changes are good, mm. but if you're familiar with Pathfinder, then you will, um, you will make errors. Do you I find think, that hurts yeah. the experience a lot, or are you generally able to go, oh, well, next time we'll fix that? Um, I, I find it doesn't hurt it that much. Some people I play with are more into the rules than I am. Okay. I think one of the things about Starfinder and Pathfinder is that they're both towards a like semi-realistic approach to RPGs that I am not real interested in. Like I find the role-playing part a lot more interesting. Uh, I 
at this point in time, I would rather play like the actual game systems for most board games are better. And the, with role playing, a lot of the time, I would rather focus on that. It's like I get bored when we hit do hit a battle. Okay. So I have a, I'm having a lot of fun with my crazy um, uh, syringe toting uh, rat who keeps <laughs> dirty syringes in their in their mouth pe- cheeks. But like, <laughs> uh, yeah. Then we'll get, I'm having a lot of fun, and then we'll hit a battle, and I'll be like, eh. I mean, that's kind of the way, I mean, that's a different thing because you're talking about a pen and paper RPG, but playing Divinity, that's kind of the thing that eventually caused me to fall off was just like, Mm -hmm. I was enjoying the moment to moment role playing and running around, but after each combat encounter, I got a little more weary of like, okay, let's, let's be done with this. So eventually I just bumped the difficulty down to easy, which is That's what I tend to do. Uh, I remember like in Dragon Age, I did that. Mm -hmm. I played through like half of the game on hard and half of it on easy. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, it's, it's funny to me because it's not a matter of like, it's too hard. It was a matter of just like, this is taking too long. Yeah, it's taking too long, and it's not the most interesting part of it. The most mm-hmm. interesting part is, like, I think that uh, our DM has, like, a legitimately kind of interesting scenario they set up, and our, I've enjoyed playing with my friends and their characters. Um, I would rather play most other things than that battle system, and maybe one day uh, we can talk about that. I. I always feel like D&D, uh, some people want it to be a dungeon crawl, mm-hmm. and some people want it to be very much not. And when I was younger, I, I was very much like a kick in the door dungeon guy, and now that I'm older, I'm kind of like, all right, well, you guys can play out the dungeon part. I'll be back in five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's a funny thing, and like not to get too far into it, but you I mean you, you know I've I've got a stack of D and D books next to me here. There's five of them, and I've still never played you know ten minutes of real D and D with a group. But the, one of the most intimidating things to me as I try and learn the rule systems and all that kind of stuff is combat. Like that's the thing that mm-hmm. gives me the most anxiety as a, either a player or a DM is you know just the amount that i need to think of and remember in those particular situations is what kind of makes me the most apprehensive to actually start something um which which completely makes sense but is also like the least i don't know at least as far as i'm concerned the least interesting least valuable part because mm -hmm. like Playing D and D, the like the base game system is never going to be as good as playing like I don't know Gloomhaven or for as a board game or like Divinity as a computer game. They're just not. Mm-hmm. They didn't put that part of it first. They have yeah. to add so many different ingredients. So I'm enjoying Starfinder. I know that um, when I play, I will be enjoying it for like two hours, and we'll hit a battle, and I'll kind of zone off. And then yeah, <laughs> that's, just how, that's how it is right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually curious uh, in September here, the early access for um, Lorien's uh, D&D oh, Boulder's yeah, yeah. Gate 3 comes out. So I am actually going to grab that as a oh, use. Oh, yeah. I, I, I want to use it as a tool to better learn some D&D stuff on my own it's, here. It's 5th edition, yeah. so that, that should definitely help. I will be... 
Uh, it's in, it'll be interesting to me. I want you to stream that simply because I I played uh, Baldur's Gate one and two. Um, I have not beaten two, which I should add because it is infinite. <laughs> uh, but I, I played a ton of both of those. Um, uh, one is some like they're 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 very good games that also are very much of their time and i think it's they're uh if you were to play them now you'd want to use some of the mods out there that the community has made yeah i think that's what i've understood about it and i've heard that even like a modded original Baldur's gate 2 is still better than the remastered oh yeah so yeah it is i just can't imagine that story like i didn't finish the expansion to Baldur's gate 2 but be, that story kind of ended. Mm. So, like, I, I am curious about uh, what story it tells. And part of what made those games very cool was before that was too much a thing, uh, they are a continuous story. Mm. Uh, and you start the second game, if you haven't played the first game in an imported character, you started at level like seven, which is super high level for D anD D, and uh, yeah, it, 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 they are strange games. They they shouldn't have worked, but they they did. <laughs> cool. I will stream so that. I, and we can have a yeah. We can. Hang no, I, I'll be excited to check that out, and I think Larian is they're the right choice for a developer, not. Bioware, not even uh, like Obsidian. I think that the Valerian, um, those games, honestly, the storytelling is not as cool as the options of the world. Sure. So, I, whereas like Obsidian puts story first, um, those ones are cool because you can just kind of go anywhere and do anything. And I think that Alarian could really capture that in a cool way. So that is exciting. It is exciting, and yeah, I like I like that they changed the combat to turn based. Rather oh god the, yeah yeah like that's cool to me so more on that someday in the future but uh i think that pretty much wraps up everything i'm glad you are interested in playing la mulana someday i'm not yeah, sure when you'll think later but okay, I, don't I was know. gonna say sooner than later what do you think okay yeah i kind of feel like um it's a weird thing where i quite like grand theft auto 4 but i'm also kind of like a 2D thing like on the Switch that's easier to just like pick up and put down might be better for my life right now. It might be. It you, might be. Like it's an intense game, but playing it in 15 minute bursts, try playing Grand Theft Auto in a <laughs> Yeah, burst. no, you can't do anything. Yeah. And like to my point about needing to like immerse and savor, you know, I think it that that's a me problem. And um I think you could have plenty of fun in 15 minute bursts, especially with a good uh support person yeah, to yeah. help you with some of the more tricky parts. So but take some notes. Even if, <laughs> even just little ones. Take, take a few notes. Right. Take some notes. I got it. All right. Well, I wanna thank everybody for listening. Uh it's it's i'm I'm happy to finally be able to sit and talk about this game and i'm, I'm happy to share it with everyone that listens um you can visit expositionbreak.com for our written content you can follow us on twitter at exposition break send questions or comments to podcast at expositionbreak.com i should probably actually check that inbox to make sure it no one had anything to say about uh inside more on that next time 
And I want to thank Icefields for the use of our theme music, Scenic Route. You can find his music on SoundCloud. And the Exposition Break podcast can be found on Anchor, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and iTunes. Um, I hope everyone has a terrific day, terrific week, terrific month, whatever, whenever they're listening to this. And Sean, I hope you have a great one too. All right. Have a good one. <laughs> have a good one. <laughs> <laughs>